you going to give us any trouble with that? asked Baldy, pointing at the bastard's sword jutting up from Vargas's right shoulder. I don't want no trouble. Just a spot by the fire and I'll share the wine. Good enough for me. I'm Cor. These are my boys. Vargas. He gestured for Vargas to follow him and the others eased hands away from weapons. Cold enough for you? Reminds me of a winter. Must be twenty years ago up north. Can't remember where. Travelled much? Vargas grunted. All over. Too much. So where's home? asked Cor. The questions were being asked casually, but Vargas had no doubt about it being an interrogation. Right now? Here. They passed through a line of trees where seven horses were tethered. Vargas tied his horse up with the others and walked into camp. It was a good sheltered spot, surrounded by trees on three sides and a hill with a wide cave mouth on the other. A large roaring fire crackled in the middle of camp, and two men were busy cooking beside it. One was cutting up a hare and dropping pieces into a bubbling pot, while the other prodded some blackened potatoes next to the blaze. All of the men were armed, and they carried an assortment of weapons that looked well used. As Vargas approached the fire, a massive figure stood up and came around from the other side. It was over six and a half feet tall, dressed in a bearskin and wide as two normal men. The man's face was severely deformed, with a protruding forehead, small brown eyes that were almost black, and a jutting bottom jaw with jagged teeth. "'Easy, Rack,' said Cor. The giant relaxed the grip on his sword, and Vargas let out a sigh of relief. "'He brought us something to drink.' Rack's mouth widened, revealing a whole row of crooked yellow teeth. It took Vargas a few seconds to realise the big man was smiling. Rack moved back to the far side of the fire and sat down again. Only then did Vargas move his hand away from the dagger on his belt. He settled close to the fire next to Cor, and for a time no one spoke, which suited him fine. He closed his eyes and soaked up some of the warmth, wiggling his toes inside his boots. The heat began to take the chill from his hands, and his fingers started to tingle. "'Bit dangerous to be travelling alone,' said Cor, trying to sound friendly. "'I suppose so. But I can take care of myself. Where are you headed?' Vargas took a moment before answering. "'Somewhere I'll get paid and fed. Times are hard, and I've only got what I'm carrying.' Since he'd mentioned his belongings, he opened the first skin and took a short pull. The rice wine burned the back of his throat, leaving a pleasant aftertaste. After a few seconds, the warmth in his stomach began to spread. Cor took the offered wineskin but passed it to the next man, who snatched it from his hand. Rack, it's your turn on lookout, said Lynn. The giant ignored him and watched as the wine moved around the fire. When it reached him, he took a long gulp and then another before walking into the trees. The archer came back, and another took his place as sentry. Two men standing watch for a group of seven in such extreme weather was unusual. They weren't just being careful. They were scared. "'You ever been in a king's army?' asked Lynn. 
Vargas met his gaze, then looked elsewhere. Maybe. I reckon that's why you travelled all over, dragged from place to place, one bloody battlefield after another. Home was just a tent and a fire. Different sky, different enemy. Sounds like you know the life. Are you a kingsman? Not any more, Lynn said with a hint of bitterness. It didn't take them long to drain the first wineskin, so Vargas opened the second and passed it around the fire. Everyone took a drink again except Cor. Bad gut, he said when Vargas raised an eyebrow. Even a drop would give me the shits. More for us, said one man with a gap-toothed grin. When the stew was ready, one of the men broke up the potatoes and added them to the pot. The first two portions went to the sentries and Vargas was served last. His bowl was smaller than the others, but...